Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Song Nation. Welcome to the show here on another Friday afternoon. QT and Song Guy with you as normal. And I want to remind everyone that uh, if you're looking for some pro wrestling, you have some choices today. And tomorrow, tonight, WCWO, as usual, in Indianapolis, Indiana. Lucha Galley happening in Chicago, Illinois. And Pro Wrestling All-Stars in Brownstown, Michigan. Tomorrow night, you have Supreme Wrestling happening over in Madison, Indiana. PHW in Princeton, Illinois. You have IWA Mid-South in Jeffersonville, Indiana at the arena, MBX in Bedford, Texas, NSPW in Hanksville, Alabama, AIWF in Lumberton, North Carolina, and GCW happening in Atlantic City, New Jersey, and VCW in Gadsden, Alabama. Without any further ado, I would like to welcome to the program our guest today making his first appearance with us, Dread King Logan. Welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Absolutely, gentlemen. It's my pleasure. Since it is your first time with us, I'm going to start you out with the first-timer question. What led to you getting into the business of professional wrestling? Well... Do you ever just see something and it just catches your eye and you can't stop thinking about it and eventually it just becomes a part of who you are? That's pretty much what happened with me in wrestling. You know, as a small young prince, I saw wrestling on TV for the first time and it just became a, a solid addiction, man. Like, uh, I would eat, sleep, and wake wrestling. That was my life, you know, growing up. It, uh, it took me away from things that I, uh, you know, like when you feel like you're in a dark spot, it's the one thing you could turn to and hold on to and just know that it's always going to be there. That was my, that was my, uh, my grip with reality, you know? Getting into the business, did you have any sort of prior background such as amateur wrestling or MMA or anything like that that was going to prepare you or was pro wrestling pretty much your introduction to that realm um i i wrestled in high school i i did collegiate wrestling you know uh, mat wrestling and things like that and i had classes that were basically like uh, weightlifting classes which really taught me at a young age how important it was to um shape your body and grow you know later on throughout life though i kind of lost that but then reclaimed it which i can explain that later but uh yeah, basically, I, I, I wrestled in high school, and I took what I learned from that, and it kept the fire kind of going, too. So, You wrestled 
primarily in the Midwest United States, there's a lot of great, great promotions in that part of the country. A lot of great talent has come into the Midwest in the last few years. Do you feel like, especially in the era we're in now where things aren't open for wrestling all over the country just yet, that the Midwest might be kind of the hotbed of pro wrestling right now? Uh, I would agree with you on that. I think the Midwest has a lot of guys that are really, a lot of guys and a lot of women that are extremely hungry, and they're just trying to get out there and just get seen. And everyone, every time, like when I travel, so recently I've been traveling to Paradigm Pro, uh, Ruthless Pro Wrestling, and uh, both those places, uh, one in Ohio being Ruthless and Paradigm being Kentucky, uh, it's kind of like a hub where everyone keeps coming to, and I'm meeting all these amazing new Midwest wrestlers. And uh, I'm telling you right now, like it's, it's a hotbed right now, and it feels good to be a part of the fire. One of the areas that is not in the Midwest that also has been heating up lately is Idaho, which not a lot of fans outside of the area necessarily know, but Wrestle Club in Idaho has statewide broadcast television. They've been growing as a company. They figured out a way to keep pumping out content during the pandemic era, which was safe and within regulations. There's a lot of great talent that has kind of risen up from Idaho from practically nothing in that state. Uh, One of the people in Wrestle Club that I don't know if you've seen yet, but he has kind of a similar look, similar style to yourself, that being Marcus in particular. Unfortunately, I cannot say that I am, and I mean no disrespect to King Marcus. Now, now that you are aware, I think it might be a dream match for fans in the Midwest and fans for the people of Idaho to see a King Dread versus a King Marcus match. So you might keep that one in the back of your mind for if a promoter somewhere decides to make that happen. I'll wrestle anybody, anywhere, anytime. It's, uh, as long as I'm wrestling and I'm hurting people, I'm happy. Speaking of hurting, one of the issues in pro wrestling over the last few years that's been kind of a hot topic has been the use of blood in pro wrestling. You have proponents that see nothing wrong with the occasional uh, blood happening. Some people think that there is no place for it in the modern era of wrestling. Where do you stand on the issue of blood in matches as it relates to 2021? Okay, so I have like I have a, a couple of strong views on this. I don't. It does not bother me. Do I want to bleed? No. Can you make me bleed? Good luck. The thing with blood in matches is it's your art form. If you want to tell your story that way and you want to go in that ring and that's what you think it needs, then by all means, do what you have to do. You know, uh, that that's that's what you want to do. Me personally, I'm not a fan of it. But if it calls for it and it's if it's needed to get a point across, then by all means. Another part of that is 
deathmatch wrestling, and we've seen entire promotions that present nothing but deathmatches. There are tournaments out there. Some wrestlers prefer to do nothing but deathmatches these days. It's kind of a niche uh, part of pro wrestling, but there's definitely a growing audience for it. I know you've done uh, some of the deathmatch, hardcore type of stuff in your own career. Where do you stand on that genre within pro wrestling? I think it's great. It doesn't bother me. Um, It's not for everyone. The thing about wrestling to me is everyone has different tastes. It's like going to a restaurant. You don't have to order everything off the menu, but it all looks good. You know what I mean? Um, so if, you, if you're if you into deathmatch wrestling and you're a fan, there's always going to be guys out there who's willing to push the, the envelope and try it. Uh, I've thought about dabbling in it. Uh, the idea of getting hit with broken glass and destroying my beautiful uh, – can we swear on this? Try to keep it PG-13-ish. Oh, I'm the worst guy for that, but I'll, okay. So – Deathmatch wrestling to me is a beautiful art form. It, it does have a place in wrestling. It should be used in wrestling. Um, and shit, I mean, go out and just do what you got to do. I, I think it's beautiful. Do I want to do it? Mm, I'm I'm 50-50 on that one. With the proliferation of deathmatch tournaments, do you see yourself entering the tournaments and kind of dabbling in it minimally, or do you see yourself more as the guy that would do a deathmatch on a standard show type of deathmatch involvement? If if I was to do a deathmatch, it would have to have meaning. It would have to have a reason why I'm doing it. I don't want to just throw away that moment for me. Because in Michigan, a lot of people know that I I haven't done a deathmatch. Hardcore, no problem. But uh, nobody's seen me do it. So when it does happen, I want it to have something special to it. I want it to mean something to the people that are watching it and know that what they're about to see is something I don't usually do. So really pay attention. Now, one of the promotions that has popped up in the last few months is one that has kind of picked up some steam and they have appeared on IWTV, which is gaining a lot of traction with fans. That being Flophouse Wrestling, I know it's still a relatively new company, but from what you've seen and what you've experienced, what do you think of the direction of Flophouse? Oh, it's like a variety show. I love it. You never know what you're going to get on Flophouse. Um I showed up there, and I wrestled that mass maniac, the Carver, and we tore it down. And uh, Flophouse, uh, it's ran beautifully. It's a great atmosphere, and they have a fantastic product to view. It's uh, top-notch to me. Now, at one point in Flophouse, we were supposed to see a match between the amazing Maria and ring announcer Zane Paisley, which had been postponed, luckily enough for Zane Paisley. Do you have any opinions on why the people at Flophouse want to see Zane Paisley get killed? The king doesn't bother himself with petty things like that. If they want to see Zane Paisley get killed, then go let him get killed. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't change my 
view on Flophouse or affect me in any way. I show up, I destroy, I leave. That's what I do. Well, hopefully you won't destroy poor Zane Paisley as he's trying to ring an ounce. Well, hopefully he doesn't get in the ring with me. He's been known to get in the ring on occasion, especially during a battle. That would be a really dumb move to get in the ring. That's all I'm saying. All right, Zane, if you're listening, and I'm sure you are, take note. One of the matches that is popular with a lot of fans, and we see them even in the pandemic era still, is the Lumberjack match. Uh, It's kind of a way for fans to get to see a lot of the roster come out and take part in a match, even if it's in a minimal way. A lot of times it's going to prevent uh, people from getting out of the ring so the action is contained within the ring if it's done correctly. What are your thoughts on the Lumberjack match? Are we talking like uh, during times of COVID or just in general? A little from column A, a little from column B. Okay. So my thoughts on the the Lumberjack match is this. They're, They're great at shows if you have a big boy ring a full standing tall ring. But if you have a low boy, they're not great for the fans because the rest of the workers that are out there have a tendency to form a wall. I also think during the times that's a lot of people out there and maybe the lumberjacks should probably be masked up unless it's, you know, a COVID tested show, which most of the ones I go to are, thank God. So um, I think it's a good, uh, it's a good match for the fans to get a view and everything like that, as long as they can get a view, you know, what's going on. It's done right. In the last few years of pro wrestling, uh, prior to the pandemic slowing things down, Europe was a booming continent for pro wrestling on the independent level. We've seen a lot more, independent wrestlers from North America making trips over there to do tours and vice versa. Is wrestling in Europe something that has ever crossed your mind? Absolutely. In fact, there's a match. The King won't even lie. I've seen a match between James Mason and Dean Allmark that brought tears to my eyes because that match was so beautiful. And those are two gentlemen that the King would love to step into the ring with. So if Dean Allmark or James Mason ever somehow hear this fucking podcast, excuse my language, I'm sorry. They ever hear You're this all podcast. Good. I want to come over to, to the UK and I want to wrestle them more than anything, especially Dean Allmark. I don't know if you've ever seen his, uh, his Instagram, but the guy is amazing. So yes, Europe is definitely on my sights. I would love to go over there and race Kane. Now, you're relatively close as far as geographically to OVW, and OVW recently opened a sister promotion in Romania. They're trying to get a foothold in Romania and start wrestling from basically scratch there. Is getting involved through OVW to wrestle in Romania something you've given thought about or is it something that hasn't crossed your radar yet uh you're just bringing it onto my radar and it's uh it's bleeping right now it sounds like 
if the opportunity presents itself and they're willing to work with me, uh, life is all about experience. And I would definitely take the trip there and show them what's up. Now, this may not. Oh, uh, not. You never know what life's going to throw you. Um, do I have ideas? Yes. Am I ready to venture down that road? No. Uh, that's a hard question to ask because I never, I can't tell you the future. If it presented itself and it's something that seemed right to me, then why not? I'm willing to try anything once. Um, you never really know. Fair enough. At the national level in pro wrestling, in the last 20 years or so, we have seen a very, very steep decline in managers. You have just a very small handful of them on national TV. It seems like we've gotten a few more in the last couple of years. On the independent level, we see quite a few more managers plying their trade. I know the Midwest has quite a few good ones. Who might you say are some of the better managers out there that you think fans should be more aware of being on the scene? Okay, so there's two that come instantly to mind. There's a guy named the Guru in Michigan with the hollow, and I'm helping him basically learn the ropes and the trade of how to how to do what he does, you know, how to manage right and stuff. So be on the lookout for him. And the other guy that is phenomenal is a, a gentleman out of Michigan named J.C. Harvey. He runs with a guy named Jimmy Eternal. Um, this guy could talk you into a ketchup sandwich while you're wearing white clubs. He is outstanding and amazing. So uh, those are two guys I would definitely keep my eye on right now. Definitely. Well, at this point, my co-host QT Vokes is standing by, and I know that he has questions for you as well, so I'm going to pass things over to him. Let's go, QT. Hello, Mr. King. What's up, my man? How are we? Mr. Dread King, I saw your YouTube video entitled The Dread King Logan vs. Gregor Iron, and I couldn't help but notice that when you made your entrance from the back curtain, that the commoner peasants did not get up and bow as per instructed by the royal ring announcer. This reminded me of when Triple H made his debut in WWE. He was raised in the finest boarding schools of New England, and his family came from wealth and privilege. Triple H in his beginnings had a sour look on his face because he had the hard task of trying to bring culture, refinement, and manners to the boorish commoners. Was it like that, or was it your game plan to bring royalty, refinement, to the commoner person, Gregory Iron? So you're asking me, basically... To sum that question up, are you trying to ask me if my purpose was to teach Gregory Iron a lesson? Well, to teach him culture and refinement, much like Triple H had to do at the beginning of his career. 
he had just stepped down from the finest boarding schools and is a pretty much royal upbringing to bring manners to the masses. And looking at that crowd that you had to wrestle in front of or you had to wrestle in Gregory Iron, they were kind of boorish. Yes. Was it your game plan to bring refinement to Gregory? No, my game plan was to end Gregory. See, what a lot of people don't understand is I have a lot of respect for Greg Iron. That was a, a match that I wanted to have for a very, very long time. Now, I am not refined. I am not classy. I am a dirty piece of crap when it comes in that ring. And I'm not going to refine anyone. I'm going to down. I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to make you question everything and why you even got into that ring with me. From the first time I hit you to the last time I hit you, you're going to remember who the Dread King is for a reason. Now, Greg is an outstanding, outstanding wrestler. And uh, I just happened to be a little bit higher on my game that night. But he knows oh, who okay. I am now. Oh, all right. Okay, very good. All right. Well, Mr. King, when you made your entrance with your long black royal robe, and your long black hair, I was reminded of Conan the Barbarian, who eventually himself, in later years, ruled with a stern but fair hand over a kingdom, and he even had a sword by his side, a sword. My question is, were you a big fan of King Conan? Conan the Barbarian is amazing. Yeah. He is, I mean, absolutely Conan the Barbarian King. He is, I mean, come on, when you think about Conan Barbarian, it's just, you just think cool, you know, same way as you think about the King. Okay. The King compares himself to a couple of things. One, Bane. Two, Lobo. Three, Conan the Barbarian. Three guys that don't care and they get the job done. Okay. All right. Big fan of uh, Conan the Barbarian. And, but Mr. Absolutely. King, when Gregory Iron made his appearance in your match, I was reminded of the character Charlie on the sitcom It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Was this also your first impression? I do not watch that show. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, Charlie plays the, uh, a big role in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which has signed up for, like, its 18th year. They just signed a new contract. If you have the yeah, time, if, you might look up Charlie on YouTube. Or it's always truth sunny. is, if, I'm watching, if, if the king has downtime, he's either watching anime or wrestling, trying to get better. Oh, okay. oh, all right. Okay. Well, Mr. King, at the 3 minute and 22 second mark, Gregory Iron used a modified baseball slide, and with his left foot, he took out your lower left leg, shin, and knocked you to the mat. He got up quickly, and at the 3.24 second mark, he hopped up on your back with his left leg, and he used your back as a sort of springboard. Now, if you freeze the video at the 3 minute and 25 second mark, he is landing on your upper back with his back in much the same way as a Fosbury flop high jumper would land in a foam rubber high jump pit. 
My question is, were you a big fan of Dick Fosbury, the Oregon State high jumper that invented the Fosbury flop high jump style and who won a gold medal in the 1968 Summer Olympics? Well, I'm going to tell you, if Greg studied for him, then no, I'm not his fan because that hurt like hell. No, I'm not a fan of his now. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, I, I encourage all, all our listeners to look at the 3 minute and 22 second to the 3 minute 25 second mark of your match. And boy, he, he gained some height as kind of like Dick Fosbury did when he was in the 1968 Summer Olympics. Unfortunately, well, your, mat, your back was like a foam rubber uh, mattress. That's what I'm getting at. Well, it didn't feel like a foam rubber mattress. It felt like bone on bone crushing me at that moment. <laughs> oh, okay. Listen, Greg looks Greg looks small, but there's a lot of impact on that man. I believe, yes, I I have him pegged at six foot one inches, two hundred and fifteen pounds. Sure. <laughs> Due to video analysis. Yes. Okay. It's so All right. Well, Mr. King, if you freeze the video at the three minute and 37 second mark, as you were outside the ring, the viewer can see a picture of a weightlifter lifting a barbell with one hand over his head on your shoulder. Can you tell our Turnbuckle Turmoil listeners what this tattoo on your right shoulder is about? Absolutely. It's on my back right tricep. And um, before I came back to wrestling, I weighed almost 300 pounds, and I spent uh, years cutting that weight off and trying to perfect the king to who he is right now. And I'm sitting at a stat 214 right now, lean and mean. And what that tattoo is a reminder to all those who lifted before me and who went after an adventure and who went after a journey to better themselves. The homage to the old school bodybuilders of before to remind me never to take steps back, but to always move forward. Ooh, okay. Very well said. Okay. All right. Um, Mr. King, were you a big fan of strong men wrestlers, Dino Bravo, Mark Henry, and Tony Atlas? all wrestlers anybody who's chasing after this dream and this goal that we all have is a brotherhood and a sisterhood and i'm a fan of anybody that's good for the business and that's good to each other i'm a fan of synergy oh okay all right very well said okay okay well mr king at the four minute and 14 second mark of the match you came off the ropes and put Mr. Iron down with a nice right arm clothesline. Now, due to my video analysis, well, I kind of gave this away before, I'm guessing Gregory is 6'1", 215 pounds, a good size. But who is the biggest man you have clotheslined? Was there someone bigger than Gregory? Oh, yeah, Congo Kong. Oh, no. <laughs> the legend Congo. Okay. Oh boy. Yep. I have clotheslined that man and regretted it quick. Wow. Sign guy and I, my myself, were talking about Congo Kong before the match, before the interview. Boy. Yes, I, I think uh, Kongo Kong has a. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, 
I'm sorry. I'm just saying Chong is a monster. He's a beast. He knows what he's doing in there. And he, for being such a big guy, he will systematically break you down while you're in the ring with him. And that's why every time I get in there, I get more excited because I know I'm going to get hurt. I know I'm going to get beat up, but I also know I'm going to get better and I'm going to learn how to beat him. Wow. I, I wonder, I, I'm going to have to up my, my self training if I ever step into the ring with Congo Kong. Yes. I hope yeah, to probably. do like 80% of what you do against Congo Kong. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh, when you did clothesline Gregory, you got a two-and-a-half count off this clothesline. And, in fact, the referee's hand was coming down for the three-count. Were you surprised at, at his ability to kick out of this clothesline, which looked textbook? I am surprised when anybody kicks out of anything that I do because I hit them with everything that I have. So I give him props and a small clap. Even for being a disabled wrestler, that makes him actually even more tougher because that makes him crazier than anybody else in that ring to be doing what he's doing. Okay. All right. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, Mr. Gregory, at the 4 minute and 58 second mark of the match, you had Gregory sitting on the mat and you executed the lesser used knife edge chop to his upper back and extreme lower neck area. Most knife edge chops, as you know, are to the chest. My question is, have you yourself ever received a knife edge chop to the back that took the air out of your lungs? Absolutely. I'm not oh, sure okay. Who would yes, I have, and it sucks. Oh, okay. Yes, it's a, most of them land right between the shoulder blades. The shoulder blades. Well, I'm trying and to as, hurt the guy. I'm going to land it wherever I can. We're in the middle of a fight, you know. Yes, I, I mean, uh, although the knife edge chop to the back is lesser known and uh, lesser used, it makes uh, you go, uh, that wrestler that received it, if he's going to the pool for the workout, the butterfly stroke is very painful. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you on that one. <laughs> yes, the butterfly, like, like uh, Mark Spitz used in the 1972 Olympics, the butterfly. You are yes, extremely knowledgeable. Well, oh, yeah, yes, I am. I, I, I research my questions very long and hard, very long preparation. Yeah, I appreciate that. You're not wasting my time. Time is an extremely valuable thing to me, and for it to be wasted, I don't like. And you are not wasting one bit of it, and I appreciate that from you. Well, I realize you're on royal time, yes. Okay, royal time. Okay. Well, well, Mr. King, you picked up Gregory off the mat and got him in a bear hug at the 6-minute, 13-second mark of the match, and you even twisted him around like a washing machine. You held him up until the 6-minute and 41-second mark of the match for a total of a 28-second bear hug. My question is, how do you get your legs and back so strong to hold a, a weight like that, like Gregory? I lift weights, bro. I'm built for perfection and destruction. That's what I do. I'm the king. I show up, I destroy, and I leave. 
It's that simple. Greg Iron is tough, but I wanted to show everyone that I could bend iron. Ooh, bent iron. Okay. Wow. Bent iron. Okay. Much like a, the fires of a, of a medieval forge. A forge. Absolutely. Medieval. Okay. All right. Well, Mr. King, at the 7 minute and 40 second mark of the match, Gregory launched himself between the top and middle rope in a high aerial suicide dive. Much like the Japanese suicide planes of World War II. Mr. King, did you know that the translated uh, that translated the word kamikaze means divine wind? I did not know it meant divine wind, but I do know when someone kamikazes, they don't give a shit and they're trying to take you out. And Greg didn't care; he wanted me down. So you call it whatever you want. I call it taking the advantage and getting the one up on me. Do you have plans when you next meet Gregory Iron to call him Kamikaze or Divine Wind? Nope, but I'll pass the message on. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right, very good. Very good. Okay. Well, Mr. King, the World War II aircraft carrier Hornet got hit by a Kamikaze near the forecastle of the ship or the bow section where the anchors are held. It is, the aircraft carrier Hornet is now a historical floating museum in Alameda, California. On the public tours of the ship, quite a few of the tourists have reported seeing ghostly figures in World War II uniforms climbing up and down ladders in the forecastle or bow of the ship. My question is, would you yourself welcome the idea of wrestling on a known ghost ship? Oh, hell yeah. I would do that in a heartbeat. Okay. I would make turn the ghosting hour, and they have to turn the floodlights on so it's at the 13th hour at night to give it even a better feel. Can you tell our Turnbuckle Turmoil listeners what the 13th hour chronologically is? It's the ghosting hour when everything goes dark it could be any time I don't care I would do that in a heartbeat you got me excited thinking about that oh okay well I will I do strive to do that to our interviewees yes okay well you know at sunset on board the aircraft carrier Hornet there have been several times where people look into the sun as it is setting and they see a ghost squadron of World War II airplanes flying. It's true. Ghost squadron. I'm pretty sure that their retina's burning, but that could be anything. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I look. I, I I would recommend uh, King that after the show ends, you can look up the history of the aircraft carrier Hornet. I think you'd find it very wrestling-like. Wrestling. I love it. I, I love anything ghost and spooky, man. I'm telling you right now, that's awesome. And I'll definitely thank you for turning me on to it. Oh, okay. That, my pleasure. Okay. Okay. Well, King, there have been many wrestlers that have adopted the King label throughout uh, uh, WWE history and wrestling itself. One was King Mabel. Were you a big fan of King Mabel? Um. 
like I said, I'm a fan of all wrestlers. Um, does one thing work for another? Yes. Does one thing work for another? No. So uh, I'm impartial to that. I'm I'm indifferent. I don't have an opinion on that. Oh, okay. All right. Well, one one of the wrestlers that adopted the King label for a time was King Seamus. Were you a big fan of Irish wrestlers that came from the uh, uh, um, islands of Ireland and territories of Ireland? Okay, so to, to me, when, when they're in the ring, until they cut a promo, you don't know where they're from. I'm just a fan of wrestling in general. Um, you could be from the moon. If you can give me a good match and you give me competition, like I said, I do not care if you're Irish, you're Asian, American. As long as you can go and you can fight, then I want to be in there with you. Oh, okay. All right. Well, King, time travel has been a frequent subject on our Turnbuckle Turmoil show. What if King Harley Race could travel in time, back in time, and or, or forward in time, and meet King Booker T? Who do you think would win between these two kings, Harley Race or Booker T? Harley Race. Wow, your answer was very quick and decisive. Why would you say Harley Race uh, that fast over King King Booker? Because I'm a firm believer that back when Harley Race wrestled, sure it was a work, but there's also a shoot aspect to it. And he's a tough son of a bitch. And if you got out of line in that ring, he'll let you know. Ooh, okay. King Harley Race, very good. Okay. Well, I now uh, there has been the subject outside the ring of wrestlers you would never want to run into because of their toughness. And one wrestler that adopted the King uh, moniker was King Haku. Now, uh, oh, yes, Haku. Uh, Who would you rather have uh, by your side if you uh, faced a vicious street gang like uh, Washington State's uh, street gang known as Vente Lattes, the extra-large coffees? King Haku (laughs) or King Holy Race? (laughs) Oh, my gosh, man picking a Lamborghini or a Ferrari. Um, I'm going to go with Haku from a, just because of a story I heard about him cleaning out a whole bar. Yes, I, I think that bar may uh, – it, it may have been in <laughs> San Diego, and a couple of the people that challenged him were Navy SEALs. Yep. I, you know I heard story. that. Yes. Okay. Well, I, I'm surprised that you haven't heard of this vicious street gang called the Vente Lattes. I think I've dealt with them a couple times in the morning. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, what did you think of also a pretty tough person that played semi-pro baseball, the Macho King Randy Savage? He played, uh, he played in the minor league systems of baseball. I love I love the Macho King. I love the Macho Man. He understood wrestling. Um, he, I mean, he was fantastic. How can you even say anything negative about his work? I mean, him and Steamboat alone together, anytime they were in the ring, it was beautiful. Okay. All right. What did you think of uh, Queen Charmel? Queen Charmel. 
I think she's she did a great job being the queen. Oh, okay. I liked her wave. I liked her wave when she went to the crowd. Oh, yes. Yes. I just like that she she accompanied her man to the ring perfectly. They looked good together. Well, she was the epitome of grace. Grace. Yes. Right. And manners. Okay. What did you think of uh, Kurt Angle when he adopted his King moniker for a time? Kurt Angle, the Olympic champ. I think sometimes companies use the King moniker wrong. I think sometimes it needs to be preserved to be special. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. Well, Mr. King, I'm going to turn it back over to Sign Guy. I have to very quickly soon go to my shoot job. I wish you luck in your homework assignment of doing some Wikipedia search or YouTube videos of the aircraft carrier Hornet. And I will message you guys once I, uh, I go through that and let you know my thoughts. Ooh, that'll be good. That'll be good. Okay. All right. Well, um, back to you, son guy. Thank well, you, nice, Key. Well, Red King, we mentioned at the top of the show, of course, that there is a pro wrestling all-star show tonight in Brownstown, Michigan. You, in fact, are one of the very key components of that show. Can you tell us what the fans that are on their way to the arena right now might expect tonight? That's the thing about me. And this is why I think people enjoy watching me wrestle is you don't know what to expect. Every time I have a match, it's never the same. You never know what's going to happen. You never know who could come out or what I'm going to do, what I'm going to say. So tonight, I just want them to sit back, make as much noise as possible, and watch me beat the crap out of people. Pro Wrestling All-Stars has been around for uh, quite a while now. We've had several of their uh, wrestlers appear on the show over the years. I know it's one of your regular haunts. What is it that attracts a promotion like Pro Wrestling All-Stars to you as a place to go wrestle? I know you want to wrestle everyone and everywhere, but what specifically was it that drew you to make them one of your homes? I think it's, well, it's one of the hubs in Michigan. It's a great place to go to get your reps in, to, uh, Try things you've never tried before to really build who you are. Um, Steve, who runs it, um, he does a great job taking care of the boys. And uh, it's just a good environment and an atmosphere. And uh, I'm actually going to have to get in there within the next 10 minutes just to let you know. But um, it's I, I like the atmosphere of it. I mean, I mean Pro Wrestling All-Stars, BCW, XXCW, UCW, uh, Paradigm Pro, Ruthless Pro Wrestling, Total Chaos Wrestling, and Flophouse. Those are my main go-tos so far. I'm trying to extend it and expand, but all those places are fantastic. If you've ever heard of them before, those are the places that you should check out right now if you're into Michigan wrestling or Midwest wrestling. Well, we know that you've got to get in there and do what you need to do, so I want to give you ample time. If there's anything at all you want to plug or promote, say anything to the fans, floor is all yours uh if you guys want to uh, where do i even begin uh, i'm on twitter if you want to see my you know matches uh, i've recently been on iwtv more 
Uh, you can go to Twitter. It's at the Dread Logan. Facebook and Instagram is at the Dread King Logan. Um, shoot me a message. Reach out. I'm not shy. I have no problem answering questions or telling a story. I just want to wrestle, be known, and kick the shit out of people. Because the king always gets his way. Well, we want to wish you the best of luck tonight and in all your future bookings. I'm sure the fans will be looking forward to the big show there tonight. And fans, if you're not familiar with Dread King Logan, you can easily find him on all the social medias. IWTV has a lot of his matches. YouTube has a lot of his matches. So search him out. Go see what he's about. Buy a ticket if he's going to be near you. And we will be back the afternoon with the Liverpool Lip Earl Joseph. It's going to be a great time with him. And then one week from today, we will be back with you with Tony Strong. So make sure you have plans to be with us. Get out there and support your local independents if you have some near you. And we'll talk to you soon. Ah!